This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Welcome to Micro, a podcast for short but powerful writing. I'm your host, Drew Hawkins. This episode is another installment in our Editor Edition series, where each of the writers are editors at their own publications, and they'll be reading their own work that was published in another publication. And while each of these pieces are different, they each deal with happiness and search for it despite the odds. This first one is a brief but powerful piece that looks to the sky for answers. It's called Meteor Shower. It was written by C. Simone, and published by Malarkey Books on September 13th, 2019. Enjoy. Meteor Shower by C. Simone I tried to watch the meteor shower without you. The dog was still probably waiting for you like he always does. The frogs bellowed out, one after another, and the trees gave a gentle shrug when the humid air brushed past. I waited for a burst of light, maybe comfort from a million miles away, but nothing in the sky remembers that I'm watching. Nothing in this night is built for me. C. Simone is an author and comic. She's founder and editor-in-chief of Versification Literary Zine, and she's alive and well on Twitter at DieFunner. You can also find her on her website at csimone.com. This next one tries to make the most of things, or at least roll with the punches. It's called Happy Accident. It was written by Crow Jonah Norlander and published by Back Patio Press on October 21st, 2020. Enjoy. Happy Accident I honestly don't know how my son wound up inside the redeemables deposit. I guess he climbed in while I wasn't looking. He weighs about as much as a bag full of glass bottles, but I still would have noticed him cinched up in that flimsy green plastic. We ran out of the barcoded stickers that label the bags and scan to unlock the hatch, so I had no choice but to leave him inside the yeasty shipping crate. I crossed the parking lot, went into the grocery store, and printed out a new reel of tags from the kiosk. When I got back, he'd torn through some of the flimsy plastic, and had thrown recyclable material everywhere. 
He latched onto a Heineken can, tonguing whatever dribble was left in the rim, and his hands were sticky, though that's par for the course with my little condiment lover. I scolded him a bit, just because we're still working on boundaries, and then convinced him to tidy up as best he could. The virginal reel of white squares on its wax paper backing fluttered in my breast pocket just beneath my chin. It gave me the idea. While he was in there, he could make the most of it. Like fishes and loaves, our bounty miraculously multiplied. Just put these over the ones already on there. Cover them right up, I instructed. His love for stickers came in handy. Usually a scarce good, I encouraged him to be liberal with them. Lining them up just right was good practice for his fine motor skills. When I invited him to climb out, he protested. He was having too much fun. But I was getting paranoid, so I retrieved him, maybe too hastily, because his tears attracted some looks, though nothing people weren't used to ignoring. A couple days later, I went to check our balance. All those nickels really added up quick. It was tempting to withdraw it all. There were lots of places it could have wound up. But I found the self-restraint to leave it there to redeem against grocery bills. We eat good that week. Worry-free. Then I got a call. My account had been flagged. They had my boy on camera. No mention of me, for some reason, but they'd tied the suspicious deposit to our usual Hannaford and figured it out from there. I considered denying it, but no plausible alternative explanation presented itself to me in time. I agreed to repay them, or rather I had no choice but to wave goodbye to what remained of the credit on my account. They revoked my program membership and took down my son's name to proactively ban him from their system. Fraud is such a harsh word. It sounds deliberate and nefarious. My bottle deposit days of convenience are over. We're back to redemption on Forest, where the proprietor levies an unofficial tax, pilfering odd containers on the grounds that they'll clog his machines. It's low-tech, but the human element keeps it interesting. Probably more efficient than the corporate surveillance at the other place. But my son keeps finding ways to wind up places he shouldn't be. We always make the most of things. Crow Jonah Norlander is managing editor of X-Ray and co-skull of HAD. He lives in Maine with his wife, child, and retired racing greyhounds. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Crow Jonah, or on his website at crowjonah.com. Our final piece tries to put on a happy face despite the devastation looming in the background. It's called Something Like Happy. It was written by Emily Devane and published by Lost Balloon on December 2nd, 2020. Enjoy. Something Like Happy I came here with a body full of poison and hair loose in its sockets. The thrill of standing by the harbour is something else. Better than Disneyland, you say? Of course, I reply, of course. Gulls screech like newborn babes, and the air has a taste to it like sweat, like tears, like life at its gritty best. And we say yes, to ice cream with sprinkles and sky-blue candy floss, to hours of digging holes in the sand and skipping over the waves, our skin staying just the right side of pink, our lungs stinging, singing with the salt, to crabbing beside the harbour wall, to feeding our two-penny pieces into the metal-guzzling machines at the arcade, watching the forwards and backwards until they're all gone. 
By the caravan, with the genuine Romany inside, I wonder if, with one look, she'll avert her eyes, knowing my fate. We climb the steps, and I'm breathless, but I don't make a fuss because today is an illusion and it matters more than anything to be normal. A stranger takes a photograph of us in the picture postcard cemetery, its tombstones rakish as ageing teeth. Our faces beam with the relief of the fearful. For now, we're saying, this is okay. This can be done. And... Though the wind whips my hair into tangled knots and my scalp tingles with the losses to come and my life is too short to count, we're something like happy and that is enough. Emily Devane is a writer and teacher from West Yorkshire in the UK and an editor at Flashback Fiction. You can find her on Twitter at Devane Emily or on her teaching profile at Words More. Micro is edited and curated by Dylan Evers and produced and hosted by me, Drew Hawkins. Our theme is by Matt Ordez. You can find all the information about this episode's editors, their publications, their featured work, and the publications where they were published in the show notes. Subscribe to the show and check out some of our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can always find our shows at micropodcast.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast Micro. Thanks for listening. <laughs>